I'm Sean. And I'm Alex. <laughs> and that's Grayson. And this is Autism Building the Puzzle. One piece at a time. Hi, and welcome to Autism Building the Puzzle, one piece at a time. Sean here, your host, with my wonderful wife, Alexandria. Hey, everyone. Uh, so today, we are going to be doing um, an episode about being diagnosed as an adult and, mm-hmm. you know, some of the information about the assessment um, and kind of how the treatment varies and, you know, whole assessment process varies compared to a child. Yes. Uh, it's something you don't want to necessarily overlook is the adults that have autism. Right. So, Alex, why don't you uh, kick us off with some of the signs? Sure. So, some of the main signs of autism in adults, one of them can be finding it hard to understand what others are thinking or feeling, getting very anxious about social situations. So, it could be, you know, you could kind of think it's social anxiety that you have, Um, Finding it hard to make friends or preferring to be on your own. Seeming blunt, rude, or not interested in others without meaning to. Um, Finding it hard to say how you feel, how we said a minute ago about your thinking or feeling. Um, Taking things very literal. For example, you may not understand sarcasm or phrases like break a leg. Um, And having the same routine every day and getting very anxious if it's changing. So if something doesn't go as planned... Um, that kind of rocks your world. You kind of don't know how to deal with that. Um, you know, adults can have temper tantrums. I was going to say, yeah. Meltdowns. Yeah, meltdowns, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, some other signs, not understanding social uh, rules, such as not talking over people, avoiding eye contact, getting too close to other people, or getting very upset if someone touches or gets close to you. In personal mm-hmm. spaces, yeah, big Huge, thing. yes. Noticing small details, patterns, smell, or sounds that others don't. Um, liking to plan things carefully out before doing them and having a keen interest in certain subjects. Um, like obsessions in certain subjects. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, taking things to the extreme, one extreme to the other. Um, autism in women and men. Um, it can be very different compared, you know, between women and men. Um, autistic women may be quieter, may hide their feelings, and may appear to cope better with social situations. This means it can be harder to tell you're autistic if you're a woman. Yeah, they, um, they kind of try to blend in and, um, you know, they know how to hide it and mask it. And you Women know. are very good at masking. Yeah. They learn that from, you know, early, early childhood. They observe other girls their age and observe what to do. Um, so, yeah, I do think that girls really do yeah. go under the radar and, a lot. And men, you know, boys, men, they... You know, they don't, pay they don't care as much about, you know, Mm-mm. how they look. And I mean, you do, st- I still do stupid things all the time. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Like, I won't lie. Certain parts of me, yeah, I definitely think I, I would probably be diagnosed. I think socially I don't have that problem. But, you know, in other ways, absolutely. You yeah. Know? I, I mean, a lot of these signs are some things that obviously toddlers and um you know younger kids can have as well yeah i mean obviously when you're getting diagnosed as an adult you probably haven't uh had you know certain major symptoms 
or else you would have probably gone to a doctor earlier. I think you know? it depends, too, when you grew up. You know, I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, you know, like, for example, our age, you know, I don't feel like we were tested a lot for those things. Um, it was either you shape up or you ship out. Like, you, you just get it together. Our parents weren't like, okay, well, I think that there's a problem here. Well, it just wasn't known. And, you know, should I, looking back, should I have been tested? Yeah, 100% probably. Well, you know, but, back then, you got to remember, too, it was not a spectrum disorder like it is now. Exactly, right. <clears throat> there were, you know, three, four, five, I don't know, remember exactly how many, but there are at least four different categories or different, you know, actual diagnoses. Right. Um, you know, you had autism, you had Asperger's. Asperger's. So, you know, I think there's a lot of people out there that have Asperger's that probably never got diagnosed. Absolutely. High functioning. Because um, they're just very high functioning. You don't even realize. So it's not something that, you know, stands out mm-hmm. um, to the crowd, so to speak. So Or people might refer to them as just like quirky or whatever it may be, you yeah. know. Uh, so I did do some, you know, research as well on some of this stuff, and it's very common, and Alex and I actually spoke about this earlier, um, it's very common for parents of autistic children to get diagnosed. Yes. Right after their children get diagnosed. I think you start looking at your children and just thinking of ways that you're very similar. Yeah, and I think and what happened... Thinking, am I autistic too? Well, yeah, you get introduced to, like, all the symptoms, and you yes. go to all the doctor's appointments, and you start, you know, realizing a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of adults that get diagnosed have children yeah. that were first diagnosed, and that kind of led them down that path. So I think it makes you go back in your childhood and literally just analyze every single thing after your child's diagnosed and just go back through your own thing, you know, and that's what I did, like, when Grayson was diagnosed— I went back and was like, okay, wait a minute. Yeah, I wasn't speaking till four. Okay, that's alarming. Yeah, I should have probably been tested because of just that alone. I did have speech problems. I did have ear issues. Um, I was a sensory seeker. Um, so, yeah, you know, you just go back and start questioning everything. So. Yeah. Um, when it comes to, like, getting diagnosed, going to an assessment, having an assessment, there's no one specific... Um, Assessment for adults, um, like, I believe there are two, you know, assessments that they use for children, specifically, but there's not, like, a standardized type of assessment they use for adults. They use the NICE guidelines um, yeah. when they're doing the assessment, but the assessment can really vary a lot. Um, so some of the things I know they do during the assessment, some of the activities... Um, they're going to usually do like a whole questionnaire, um, ahead of time, obviously, like you would do for a child. Right. But then they do like actual, like an interview questions for the first part Mm -hmm. of the actual assessment itself. Just asking about socialization, um, you know, any obsessive activities or, you know, obsessive compulsive stuff. Um, you know, what kind of sensory needs they have do do high-pitched noises bother them like do they like to be out in crowds because of noise or lights or all different stuff like that so two of the main things they do after that is they'll take you know a bag of items Mm -hmm. and they'll have anywhere from 10 to 15 items in the bag 
Mm-hmm. And they ask you to pick three out of this bag. Okay. Any three. And then you have to tell a social story about whatever the three things are that you pulled out of the bag. So I think that goes back to some of the things Alex was talking about and some of the signs. Like, you know, can they, you know, understand social interactions between random things that they just pop up? Like, how do they right. think through that? Um you know, what is the process of, you know, how they would socialize with, you know, it's an example of how they would socialize with others in, in many ways, you right. know? Um, and it's not just about, like, the activity and the story they tell, but it's also about, like, how they handle the situation. Do they get anxious? Does, you know, does the doctor watch them and they see them, you know... Um, Flustered and yeah, just... you know, sweating. Seeming, like, nervous. Like, their of. head's uh, spinning, right? We'll be right back after a word from our show sponsors. Here at Building the Puzzle, we understand how difficult and challenging it can be for parents with autistic children that have communication delays. Well, if you're in New Jersey, you're in luck. The Speech Paradigm has you covered. They're helping children overcome speech challenges all across New Jersey. They offer both telehealth services as well as in-home therapy. Please reach out to them. You can uh, take a look on their website at www thespeechparadigm.com. You can reach out by phone at 732-203-5268. You can also find them both on Facebook and Instagram as well at The Speech Paradigm. We are also sponsored by Grayson and Company, uh, making homemade toys. They have everything from wooden homemade toys to sensory bins, sensory boards, all different kinds of toys for your children. Uh, they can be reached at grayson-company.myshopify.com as well as on Facebook and Instagram as well as Etsy. On Etsy, they can be found at Grayson and Company Toys. And now back to the show. I feel like, I don't know, I, feel, I, I just feel like it could come off as many other things like you said. It could come off, you know, to other people as just being nervous, but really it could be that you have autism. And I do think if your child is diagnosed and I do think it's important that you get tested and I think it's important that you get tested, especially if you want to have another child, then you kind of know like, okay, wait a minute. We're, we both have autism, both parents. One of our children have autism. Most likely the second one probably will. Who knows, but... You know, do you want to go down that road? But yeah, they kind of lets you have an informed decision on what you want to do, so... A little bit more knowledge. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the other activity they do is kind of similar in some ways, but they give you basically a, a young child's book, mm-hmm. and you like flip through the you know the cover and the first page or two, and then you have to basically write the rest of the story. Um, you know, and they want to see like what you're writing. You know, what I mean, what are your thoughts of different type of social interactions? Like, what are your problem-solving skills? Um, you know, all different stuff like that. So Yeah. Um, and it's funny. I would probably think I would write a great story, and my story would probably be all, all <laughs> different than what they want. You know what I mean? What they're looking for. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the assessment could take a few hours. Um, and, um, I mean, that's pretty much, you know, all that I could say about the assessment at this point. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, 
obviously, uh, it's a little different if you're going to get assessed as an adult. Um, but obviously, just like when you're going with your kids, make sure you have like a support system. You know, you talk to people before you go. Um, maybe even bring somebody with you. You know, because you know you're there for your kids if you're going to take your kids for and, a diagnosis. So and that's what I was you're there to support say. them. So it's nice to have somebody else there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, I think that's another thing that makes it really different is when you take your children. You're there talking about everything they did as a toddler, but it's happening kind of, you know, either at the time it's happening or a few years later. If you go, when you go, you know, as an adult and get tested, um, you're talking about, it could be 30, 40 years ago. Um, and, you know, your parents don't remember month by month what happened in your childhood anymore. Um, so I think that makes it really, really difficult as an adult also is that you can't analyze that behavior from that many years ago and remember it as you can when you take your own child. Yeah. Um, so that's why it's really, really important to be tested, you know, as it's going on. But like I said, years ago, it wasn't as prevalent. So it was very, very different, the process. Oh, yeah, definitely. So. And, you know, the treatments aren't, the you know, the same as for a child either. Um, you know, they do a, a lot of social skills uh, training. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have a sensory profile that's unique, they could obviously do sensory processing treatment as well um you know the one thing i do want to say is medications uh are much more common for adults that get diagnosed than for children yeah so they don't you know i know for children in particularly they don't like to give them you know any kind of psychiatric medications or anything like that until they're older yeah um so it is more common to see you know doctors prescribe medications kind of earlier on with mm-hmm. adult diagnoses. Right. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, and those are like the, basically the main treatments. Obviously, you know, we have episodes, we talk about all different alternative treatments and salt caves and biomedical yes. diet. I'm sure. Chambers. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, you know, obviously those could play a part in helping those people as well. Absolutely. Um, but I mean, one of the biggest things I think that gets overlooked when you talk about um, adults with autism that you know maybe haven't been diagnosed is the misdiagnosis, right? Which is extremely common. A lot of people very, very that common. are diagnosed with mental health disorders like depression, bipolar, bipolar um, even borderline personality, they could all be misdiagnosed as that as opposed to they're really autistic because they have meltdowns mood swings when things start don't go right they don't know how to socially interact and accept things when things don't go their way they're you know expecting a certain reaction they get a different reaction they don't know how to handle it and you know it causes them to kind of meltdown or something like that so i feel like with adults it's a lot of behavior issues personality issues um you know and as an adult, you know, people, if you do things that are obsessive-compulsive, people would just say you're OCD. They, they don't usually turn around and you're 35 and they say, well, maybe you have autism. It's usually yeah. like you have OCD or maybe you're bipolar or maybe you're depressed. Um, it doesn't usually go to that, but you really have to look at the overall picture, I think, 
and really try to get a good diagnosis and try to narrow it down to what you have because you yeah. don't want to be misdiagnosed and you don't want to go around thinking you're you know bipolar but really you have autism and it's really actually sad for those people you know totally. um especially people that are around them depending you know just with the stigma that comes with mental illness i just think it's different and that can make it really hard yeah. so i mean i would love to go get assessed oh absolutely same um, I know I almost 100% have probably sensory processing disorder. <laughs> I know that. Um, but, yeah, I would love to go get tested. No, I mean, we had a conversation with Kim last time she was over working with Grayson. And uh, we were just talking about this exact subject. Yeah. Um, and I told her I was diagnosed with bipolar a while mm-hmm. ago. And, you know, we were talking about the fact that maybe I really am autistic. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I just got misdiagnosed because I was high functioning, what have you. Um, and, you know, she's like, uh, you know, I don't know. And then I started running off some of the obsessive compulsive things I do, some of the social stuff I do, yeah. some of my sensory stuff mm-hmm. that I have problems with because I'm, I'm, I avoid um, loud stuff. Yeah, you can't handle that at all. Um, on the yeah, complete l- little, opposite. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she stretches me and I kind of I like, <laughs> I, yeah, like mine is like my sensory things are, I'm definitely a seeker like Grace and I love crowds. I love lights. Um, I love loud music. Uh, I love spicy. Like I get cravings for like spicy and it has to be really spicy. Um, that happens every week. Um, so I've always been like that. I think even as a child, you know, the rides and the boardwalk and the lights and all just that whole scene would really get me going she still loves rides i still am like that yeah i just can't do the heights anymore um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah and you know come to think of it i mean i remember being a kid and my grandmother she would flip her couches over so that i could flip over them when my grandpa would go to work, like she would literally flip them down on their back. You like vestibular motion? Yeah, so. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, we were talking to Kim and she's like, you know, you might be. Yeah. I mean, she, you know, obviously a BCBA can't diagnose someone, but like at first she's like, no, I don't think so. And then when yeah. I told her all that stuff, she's like, yeah, you know, you might be right. <laughs> yeah, and people don't believe so. me because I'm so outgoing and social that when I bring it up, people are like, no, I don't see that, I don't see that. But I do definitely have my quirks. But like we said, I think girls can observe, and I'm very good at picking up other people's emotions and things like that, and that could possibly, you know, if I did have autism, that could possibly just be because I used to always stare at people and kind of analyze what they were feeling, like just everything about them, and I think I learned how to do yeah. that. Um, but, you know, back when I was a child, I was very shy, introverted, so. <laughs> find that one hard to believe. I mean, I was outgoing, but I was shy at the same time. It depends, you know. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. On our first date, she didn't say a word for, like, no. 45 minutes straight. I didn't straight. talk at all. <laughs> I just ate. <laughs> so, how's your dinner? Good. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. <laughs> um, yeah, now, like, she doesn't stop talking. She loves yeah, talking. Yeah, exactly. But it's okay. I love listening, so. Some nights he's like, babe, <laughs> babe, you're rambling. Like, I have, I have to go to bed. I'm like, but I just, la, 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 like, diarrhea of the mouth. Word <laughs> vomit. <laughs> 
if she didn't know I fell asleep like next to her, she would still keep talking. Yes. And just keep talking and I talking. Would. I It'd would. be like a half hour we go by. She'd be like, "Are you listening to me? Oh, you're mm-hmm. you're snoring." Yeah, huh? I know. And I feel like I wasted <laughs> my time. And I have the only part that would upset me about that is that I have to tell the story all over again probably the next day. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, yeah, but I guess you know. One day, maybe we'll both get diagnosed, or diagnosed, assessed, and, and diagnosed, we'll see. Maybe. Yeah, we'll, we'll let yeah, you know yeah. on that. We'll well, and that could be. A, yeah, we may have to start off. We a should whole, do a vlog. We might have to do a whole bunch of bonus episodes. Absolutely, do yeah. a whole vlog of the whole process. Yeah, videotape it, <laughs> put it on our YouTube channel. So we'll keep you guys posted. Uh, yeah. On if uh, that comes to fruition or not, if we go get a. Well, eventually. we're gonna look up and see where we can go and get assessed so we'll work on that this week yeah look for we'll see, where, see yeah. where we can go around here if there's any places or not yeah we'll check that out so we hope you enjoyed the episode we had mm-hmm. uh, a good time uh giving you some information about you know getting diagnosed or assessed as an adult um you know it's something a lot of people don't talk about so yeah, something to think about, you know. I'm sure, listen, if your child has autism, I'm sure you have already thought about this. Like, okay, well, where did this come from? And you just kind of start going through yourself, your childhood, yeah. and every family member down the line to try to figure it out. Um, and that is totally normal. So I'm sure you've thought about this before. Um, so we just wanted to give you some knowledge on that and let you know this is a very, very normal thing. And it's very normal, like we said, for adults to be tested, yeah. diagnosed after their children. And you just start seeing yourself in them. So. Yeah. We really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Yes. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, we'll uh, see you on Thursday. Yes. Uh, we have a great episode launching on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So check that one out. Yes. Um, where can they find us, sweetie? You can find us on Instagram under Building the Puzzle, and you can also find us on Facebook. We have a group and a page also under Building the Puzzle. And we have our blog, which also has our podcast episodes, you can find that at buildingthepuzzle.com. Yeah, and it, uh, it would really help us if you uh, give us some likes, comments, um, shares. You know, Drop share. a review. Let us know if there's yeah, please. anything you want us to questions. change, would want to hear. Questions. We're always compiling questions for Q&A yes. episodes, so send those in. Mm-hmm. You know, We want to get this information to as many people as we can. Yes, yeah, spread the word about the podcast. We'd appreciate it. So with that, for Autism, Building Building the the Puzzle, puzzle, one piece piece at at a time. time. I'm Sean. And I'm Alex. Signing Signing off. off. Take care, everybody. Here at Building the Puzzle, we understand how difficult and challenging it can be for parents with autistic children that have communication delays. Well, if you're in New Jersey, you're in luck. The Speech Paradigm has you covered. They're helping children overcome speech challenges all across New Jersey. They offer both telehealth services as well as in-home therapy. Please reach out to them. You can uh, take a look on their website at www.thespeechparadigm.com. You can reach out by phone at 732-203-5268. You can also find them both on Facebook and Instagram as well at The Speech Paradigm. We are also sponsored by Grayson and Company, uh, making homemade toys. They have everything from wooden homemade toys to sensory bins, sensory boards,
all different kinds of toys for your children. Uh, they can be reached at grayson-company.myshopify.com as well as on Facebook and Instagram as well as Etsy. On Etsy they can be found at Grayson and Company Toys.